Let's start this word from here. We've been hearing about partners. I want to speak very briefly about partners. Um, and I want to get into some things that will help support that thought. So I'm going to ask for your undivided attention tonight. I'm going to ask for you to follow me through scriptures and debunk your mind of the things you already know because that's what stops you from having revelations. So yeah, greetings to everyone. I can see or say Kingsley from Belgium. Good evening to you, sir. Last week, maybe I'll start here. Last week was life-changing. It may not have been for you, for me, definitely. And why I want to start there is because that word explosion, the word explosion that we had with our leaders and with Pastor Toby, our apostle, our father, it set a level of conversation for us throughout the year. I want you to also know this, that and these are thoughts that I've had. I'm going to start off sharing certain thoughts and then we get into two key scriptures I have for us tonight or the Holy Spirit has for us tonight. I thought to myself that, and I've been saying it, the last two weeks it almost feels like we've endured a year already. We've participated in a year already. You're very quiet in here today though. It feels like we've experienced the whole year and so I began to ponder on that thought, why I feel like that. And it was laid on my heart that you see what we experienced from the rest week to the seven-day word explosion is sufficient for where you are to go. Do you believe that? It's sufficient. And that almost then leaves us in a position that it almost feels like we left on a high. And almost you're saying to yourself, okay, so after that, what next? And it was there that God laid it on my heart that it's now therefore your duty to continue in this. That's going to set me up for what I want to share with you tonight as we speak into or we get into the conversation of partners now hear me with this when you hear me say conversation remember some of the things that i've said to you greetings to you pastor henry remember what i've also said to you before we are not speaking different topical messages in the nation there's been one conversation one conversation has been going on now when you hear me say to you I, I, it was Thursday that I had to do the word charge. And I started to say things like the line of conversation that falls on you opens your account before God, right? Pastor Toby took us in that word about crediting your account. But what I want to draw your attention to was the prophecy he spoke over us. Now, you will think I'm talking about Friday. I'm talking about Thursday. On the close, at the close of the word charge and at the beginning of the word, Pastor Toby opens up the word saying that, look, we have not consulted each other, meaning Wealth Nation, COD, have not consulted with PT, yet we've heard a conversation. And he says, he made a comment because I've told you before that if you hear a word being spoken over Pastor Obi, 
or Pastor Enrique or Pastor Indidi or any of your leaders, or Pastor Ben or Pastor Dami, whoever, I want you to know that God is looking for a family. So when he addresses a head of family, he's actually addressing the family. So I do hope that you don't see yourself different to me, but every word spoken to me, spoken to you. But what I want to draw your attention to was what he said. He said that he is moving into a realm. You know, that's my topic today, realms. Realms that gives us ability to partner. But I need to take you through cases and scriptures, cases that you've seen before, hence why I had to say to you, clear your mind of the things you know. So you're not blind from what God is trying to tell you. He said, you're moving into a realm. But I want you to hear this carefully, that moving into a realm doesn't mean you're in the realm. It means you're on your way. It means you can still be intercepted, but God forbid. It means that you're heading in the right direction. And if you continue, hence why I started off saying that we could have left on a height and almost say, God, what do we do to maintain this? And he says, continue. Keep up the intensity. Are you with me in this house? Keep up the intensity. Keep believing. Keep giving. Keep doing the things. I've been saying it to some of the brothers. I think I've actually said it to the whole family that when you know that something ahead of you is a sure banker, what do you do in response? You raise the stakes. You intensify. What brought us to where we are is what's going to take us to where we need to be. So God says to me that because you are on the way, you must understand that what took you there was conversation. The problem is, and this is where I want to start off tonight, when God is speaking, what we must be careful of is not getting up mid-conversation. We must be careful that we don't get up mid-conversation. You know what that means? You know, there are people who a conversation has started with people. You know, God can be speaking or let's even remove God from this for a moment. You can be talking. Maybe you want to relay some kind of idea to somebody. And have you seen someone stand up, especially someone that, you know, most people that um, stand up or get up mid-conversation are very zealous people. You know, I'm just going to have to use you as an example, but you're not, it's not that you do it. But it's like me telling a pastor regime, a pastor, because I believe he's going to be. It's like me telling a pastor regime, go and do this. And as I'm still relaying what I want him to do, he just says done and he gets up. Do you know what that happened? What that means, what that shows, he assumes that he has totally received what I want to say to him he has assumed where I'm going other people is not like that some people are distracted mid-conversation have you seen someone that as you're talking they're on the phone occupied so what disrupts a conversation remember that Adam and Eve were still to be made PT has taught us this before. They had not received, their, they had not been fully made or fully created. Hence why Christ had to come later and say, let us make man. Because the job was not yet done. 
but sometimes what interrupts the line of conversation that is making you is the conversation that comes to interrupt so people take up alternative conversations and that conversation takes them away from the conversation that has the ability to make them so God laid it on my heart that we should not get up mid-conversation. And again, I'm going to take my time with this this evening. That You see, when I say do not get up mid-conversation, what you have to be asking yourself are the things that makes you get up before time. Let me tell you this. There is no time like now that you'll be more tempted to get up from a conversation prematurely. Are you sure you're ready for the word tonight? There'll be no time. You're, you're looking to the left and you see the exploits of your neighbor. You look to the right and you see the exploits of them too. And you're thinking, am I in line? Yes, you are. You're in your conversation. But you see, if you are overzealous, if you're overexcited, you will move before your time. And you see the exploits of your neighbor will not automatically become your exploits. Because what brought them to their exploits was a conversation that took them somewhere. So God actually says to us, you know, because again, someone can, you know, not only that, agitation. I need to tackle this. I'm doing some clearing of um, um, house cleaning. Sometimes agitation can cause you to get up. You want to be doing um, level 100 before you've taken, you've gone into level 1. You want to take 100 steps before you've taken 1. But it cannot be. So sometimes agitation makes somebody say to themselves, I want to put something on the table. And even though that conviction is right, it must be, it must be wisely guided. When I say wisely guided, that's not your own um, rhythm of thoughts. That's not the way you think. It must be guided by the word. It must be guided acutely by leadership. If not, you'll run ahead of your time. So the first thing that God says is that, listen, there's nothing you can bring to the table. I remember when Pastor Toby said to us as leaders, he said, look, it is impossible for you to impress me. It is impossible because the man in me, this is PT speaking, has long been, um, has long left and the man in him is God. And the Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith. But you see, most people think that faith is a doing. Faith is a waiting. Do you know who was called the father of faith? The man who waited for God. Do you know the moments when he stepped out of faith? The time when he heard the word that inspired him to run? Are you sure? You know why I've made these comments is because I need to kind of get through certain points before we get to the scriptures that proves that what I'm saying to you is not opinions but facts, truths, truth. God's word can inspire you. So should you have the hunger to do more? Yes, you should. But you should sit down and hear the full conversation because a conversation that does not end in revelation is not a completed conversation. Have you ever thought about the conversation of God, the Bible? 
how it starts with Genesis and until that conversation is, until it reaches revelation, that conversation is not done. So God says to us that your agitation, your zeal, your effort, your desire cannot do it. It's faith and faith first starts with waiting, waiting on God. So, you know, maybe actually, I didn't give you this scripture. Maybe we should start with Deuteronomy. I think this is going to be our key verse. For the year, Deuteronomy chapter 8, but read from verse 17. Again, greetings to everyone that's tuning, but let's get into the word. So I ask you to follow us and have an open heart and mind for the word. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 17, if you're there, go on. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands. Have the, the, the tendency of mankind is to, is to attribute the acquisition of things to their own power and brilliance. And God says that you'll be tempted to think that what you will have, listen to me, if God calls us wealth nation, it's more than a name you write on, on, on um, Instagram or in your book. It's your function in this time. So you need to hear these words because if not, when we're saying wealth nation, when we're saying you have to give at this pace, you're going to start thinking that the first response is hard work. It's not. Look, if hard work was what was going to bring prosperity, we bear witness that maybe our parents, some of them worked two to three jobs at a time. They should be the most rewarded financially. But you see, there's just something about hard work or let me say labor that God despises. He despises it. But anyway, so that I don't jump all over the place. So it, it's easy for us to look at ourselves and think that if a trade family starts to do this, it's easy for us to think that it was our own power. It wasn't. In fact, God warns us to not think like that. But let's carry on reading so you can see from verse 17. You may say to yourself, go on. My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Mm -hmm. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Do you see that? It says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he. It is not your brilliance. It is not your skill. It is not your talent. It is not your connect. It is he who gives you the ability to create, to produce wealth. You see, your innermost being is a creator because it was after him you were made. In the likeness of God, you were created, you were formed. So you, your innate ability is to create. If you're not creating, it's because situations in life, conversations in life has doled down your creative ability so you cannot produce so like pastor sam was actually saying yesterday i had the privilege of hearing like pastor sam was saying yesterday most people if you look at people if you look at the way people talk if you hear the way people speak you get to look into their minds because out of the abundance of a person's mouth the things that they say out of the abundance of a heart a man speaks so you can tell the state of someone's heart someone will say I don't have they cannot see anything around them do you know why? they've been dulled down by certain conversations so they are looking for product before ingredients 
they cannot put two and two together. But I want to start off tonight saying that that was your actual original being. The ability to put something together and produce wealth. You will not inherit something that's already wealthy. You will have to produce. So the Bible says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you ability to produce wealth, yeah? And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And with this, his plan, his goal, his purpose is to confirm a covenant, an agreement, a partnership. He wants that the wealth in your life will not be a statement or a witness of your hard work. It will be a witness of your partnership. It will be a witness of your agreement with him. That's why you will have wealth. So let's start the word tonight. Ephesians chapter 1 is where we're going to start tonight. I want to get to a place where I speak to you about Abraham. It's a story you know. It's a word you've heard because I've spoken it. We've spoken it many times. But there are certain things I need you to pick up from this. Again, this year of all years, God wants us to remember him. I've come to realize that there is... Um, I can't be angry for people. I think that's something I'm trying to discipline myself too. Of course, good evening, Pastor Tolu from the COD family in Nigeria. Greetings to the whole family. It's good to see you on. You can't be angry for somebody. Uh, PT's been saying it and sometimes you have to go through it to realize you can't be angry for people. People choose how far they want to go. And I remember being advised that fall in love with the person, not what you want them to be. Because anytime they fall short of what you want them to be, it offends you. But how can you be angry for what people are not willing to go to? So fall in love with the person. God says love people, not what they are called to be. Let's start with Ephesians 1. Let's go there. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, mm. to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so Paul is opening up a conversation. And you know, I've said to you previously, and I need you to hear this, so in case I take time, I don't think I will, but in case I take time, you understand the ministry of the New Testament preachers. I told you that the ministry of the one that receives the Holy Spirit is to explain. You know, Christ one day said that, I want to tell you more, but don't worry. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will open these things to you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to explain. You see, when I said the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it includes in Christ. You know, one day... We won't go there, but one day Jesus Christ came across a well. You know that story very well. The Samaritan woman, right? Talk to me. He came across the Samaritan woman and, you know, there a conversation started with the intention that there will be an infiltration into Samaria. Christ came, met the woman, fetched him water and there asked her to fetch him a drink. She knew the laws between the Jews and the Samaritans. She knew that there should be no association between the two. Christ was never without word. He kept the conversation going. 
Because in the process of conversation, there's a goal. There's an end goal behind every conversation. And so Christ kept asking the woman different questions. And you know the story, we won't go there. But you see, at one point, the woman, I'm using this as a disclaimer again. Don't remember what makes someone stands up mid conversation. Distraction. Agitation. Zeal. Unbelief. There are many factors. So that's why I love the song that Beryl led, Fix My Eyes and On You Alone. But again, let me not go ahead of myself. So it got to a place where she wanted to cut off the conversation. And in your own time, you go and read it. She then said, Christ was saying so much things. And she said, you know what? Don't worry. The Messiah, there's, I've heard that the Messiah will come. This is in the NIV. The Messiah will come. And when he comes, he will explain all things. In other words, I don't know who you are. Let's end the conversation here. And I'll wait for him, the Messiah, to come. You see the inherent nature of a man, a woman, who looks for the thing outside, looks for things that are out, look for the thing that's actually inside, outside. Do you understand that? You know, it's like you're looking for who's going to govern in the music industry in the new world. And you're still celebrating those that are already out when there's a barrel inside. The inherent nature of mankind to go and fetch for the blessing out on the field when the blessing's at home, Esau. So you see, in this case, this woman was going to almost sabotage her own blessing and empowerment. At this point, she was a woman bouncing from man to man. And this conversation was going to make her an evangelist. But at some point, flesh tried to sabotage, like I've said to you, wants to remove her from the place of divine order and court and get her to completely stop this message or stop this conversation to return only back to what she's coming from. But you see, I thank God for Christ's persistence. The word, the word don't stop coming is every Tuesday. It's every Thursday, it's every Sunday. The conversation that just keeps coming. And Christ ended up saying that, look, this conversation doesn't end without a revelation. So you're looking for the Messiah. I am he. And at that point, everything changes for her. See what I'm saying to you? Hold on to it. It'll be very key. But now Paul wants to start a conversation with a people who has grown weak. Outwardly, they think they're strong. Outwardly, they think they are wealthy. They serve the God Artemis in Ephesus. The God that is seen for production. But you see, the problem is, is that they can only be capped in a life without God. They can only reach a certain height. And you see, in your old days, you start to realize more that there was something more than the acquisition of things. It's called purpose. If the acquisition of all things does not match with what your heart is calling for as purpose, you will end your years in regret. This is the reason why, you see, when we get to this word space, I always say it. There's nobody that I recognize here, 
that's not being disrespectful that's me saying that all of us must fight this fight of the word we must grow in the word because what I want to see is a Joshua and Caleb kind of relationship I see a Pastor Enrique prospering and I match that relationship with prospering not taking I see a Pastor Indidi prospering and I match that relationship with prospering not taking not entitled to anything but understanding that this word works as well for me in case you feel like the word don't work in you I want you to be honest with yourself this year look intently into your life and there you'll find that there's something that was blocking the, pot the potent power of the word at work in you and if you are daring enough to put that aside because it will hurt you if you're daring enough to put that aside and take up the word, look, you will prosper. So Paul wants to start a conversation with the children or the people of Ephesus. And he starts the conversation by praising God. Look at what he says. Go on. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Did you see that? Read it once more for me. Go on. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the Lord. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has done what? Blessed us in the heavenly realm. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with what? With every spiritual blessing. Did he say some? He says what? Every. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. So scripture had to remind me, Pastor Obi, everything you need to prosper according to the purpose of God in your life has already been allotted to you, has already been given. You're not looking for it outside. In fact, it will be against God's nature for God to create the man before he's created his resources. Genesis shows us that God created the resources for Adam. Adam is made after everything he will need has been made. If you don't see it in your life, it's because, again, there are certain conversations that dulled down your ability to create. You cannot recognize the person that God has given you that is the next step into your wealth. Because there are certain conversations, conversations of greed, conversations of ambition conversations driven by envy conversations of sin that has dulled down your ability because the bible actually says to us that you see to produce is not left to you it's left to you being attached to the vine it's not the shape of the branch meaning it's not how good you are or how bad you are it's how connected you are so the Bible starts off here saying that, look, everything, Aram, has been given to you. So you will never be able to come before the Father with an excuse. Have we not seen it in Scripture? The man that was given one bag of gold or however many or whatever it was. And he tried to come with excuse by his presumed or his assumed knowledge of the master he said i know you so because of this i hid it there will be no excuse because everything to multiply is there 
It was upon the indictment of this servant that God or that master said to him, look, if you didn't know what to do, did you not know that there's a banking system? Did you not know that there's already a means for you to increase this? So there is no excuse. So look, let's read this again. Go on. Verse 3, I think it was. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realm. He has blessed us. You remember what blessing means? Empowered us to prosper. He has given us the empowerment to prosper. But here's the situation. Go on. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The issue is that it's in heavenly realms. Yeah. The issue is that everything you need has been stored in the heavenly realms. Please, actually, let's get this actually. Heavenly, Noah Webster. Define heavenly for me. God has blessed you. God has blessed us with everything we need. It's just that because he knows what is given is powerful enough to destroy or lift the nation, he has to hide it somewhere. And you know it. Read it for me. Resembling heaven. Heavenly. What does it mean? Read it again. Resembling heaven. It resembles heaven. I need you to keep this thought. Are you really here with me tonight? I need you to keep this thought. It's not heaven itself. It looks like it. It resembles it. It takes after it. There is where I've stored everything that will make you powerful. Everything that will make you achieve what you are to achieve. I have stored it there in a place that resembles my heavenly dwelling but go back to the scripture please keep note of all of these things because i'm gonna have to go to a scripture to come back here and explain go on for he chose us in him before the creation of the world yeah to be holy and blameless in his sight yeah in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through jesus he keeps talking about a place called in love he keeps calling a place love. He predestined us in a place called love. Until you reach there, you will not acquire the things stored for you. You are like a child who has savings kept for them. That until you reach an age called love, if you do not enter there, you cannot take what belongs to you. Yes, your name is on account. But those appointed as guardians of you will not release it for you because you must reach that age. You must reach that place. So God actually says to us tonight, everything you need, wealth nation, wealth family, to take the nations has already been stored up for you. It's just that, can you reach it? Can you gain access there? So I want to pause here because we're going to have to come back here. I want to pause here and take you to a story you know, Abraham. Genesis chapter 22. I want to explain a journey to you, then take you back to Ephesians and some other scriptures. And then at a point we will pray. Because what do you do when you believe that something is a sure banker? You intensify. You raise your stakes. 
Genesis chapter 22. So let me give you the backstory. I won't assume that anyone knows this. Abraham or Abram, let's start from Abram. Abram is the son of Terah. You know him. And we are made to believe that he was an idol worshiper. This man, the father of Abram, had started a journey. This journey was towards the land of Canaan. You know that the commission to go into the land of Canaan was not given to Abraham alone. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. It was not given to specifically Abraham. It was given to his lineage. That's why the Bible will speak that in him was Isaac and Jacob. They were in his loins. It was spoken to his lineage. It was a conversation. Hence why terror without the counsel of God was already heading there. But God wanted to show us because you were asked why the small or the, the little glimpse. Why give us any information about terror? It was only to witness to you and I that the person that tries to advance to a place, it can be your ambition, it can be your goal. If you try to advance to a place without God's counsel, you cannot get there. Along the way, you will die trying. Along the way, you will fall. Along the way, you will realize it's not because you have strength to walk that you can get there. Because the place of promise cannot be accessed by your strength of walk. This is why I said to you, and I had to show you the scripture the other day, Deuteronomy chapter 9, that do not say that you are displacing this nation because of your righteousness. Your righteousness can never take you there. It will cut you short. It is the conversation that you are privy to hear. So then we see Terah was on this journey and he took his sons, his three sons. Along the way, he lost one of them. Along the way, he lost, he lost his life. And there you see the conversation. God intentionally starts the conversation with Abraham or with Abraham. And Abraham took up the counsel of God and was led by him. Now we get through the story and you see that, look, there was... With him, his nephew, who is sometimes referred to as his son, Lot. You see Sarah or Sarai. You see the servants, yet no son of Abraham alone. And God actually gives him, starts a conversation trying to tell him a story. I wonder if Abraham or Abraham realized that God was only through his life trying to tell a story of God. I hope you realize the reason why we must depend on him is because God's not concerned about your individual success. He wants to manifest himself through you. And in that, PT always says it to us. There is no one more ambitious than God. Your mind cannot try to create the life that you can ever aspire for. What God is calling you into is greater than what your mind can ever fathom. So we know the story. We know that at some point, God attempted with many situations to remove the servant called Lot from his house. We saw on another occasion, God trying to remove Ishmael. Do you know how God removes someone? I want you to hear this. 
check with scripture. How does God remove a person? He satisfies them. If God wants to remove someone, he satisfies them. You know, some people are uncomfortable in the house of God. Some people will leave, just get up and leave without saying anything. You're looking for them, you can't find them. You know, now I get why scripture actually says, depart from your brother or sister because they will drag you. So one of your sisters I'm praying for, I love her, but I'm praying for her and I'm thinking, listen, it's already a pattern, an engine already working that unless you properly cut this off, you will be pulled. That can manifest in a year, that can manifest in 10, but it won't happen. What I want to say with this is that, look, so sometimes people can just leave, you know, people can just get up and leave because they are not satisfied and I realized something very fearful about God. God can incite his servant. God can empower, move his servant to offend you. Just to remove you. You know, when God wants to remove someone, I said to you, he satisfies them. So you look at Lot, Lot asked for a land, he gave it to him. Um, when it came to Ishmael, Ishmael had to go, but not without the blessing. Esau was going to be removed from his position as firstborn who had the right to the blessing. How did he get removed? Jacob, God through Jacob satisfied him with a meal. When God wants to remove someone, he's satisfied. So there's a craving and I think you should pay attention closely this year to what your cravings are. Because there's a craving. Usually if you're craving something, it can manifest as discomfort. What you have to be careful is that that craving must not be anything. Listen, that craving is not making money. That craving must be the word. It told us in scripture, you should crave the undiluted, the pure spiritual milk of the word. That's all you crave. So people are removed by being satisfied with God or by God. And it can manifest in many ways. But let's get back to the story. So we... Know that God had to remove all these people. And then eventually gave Abraham a son in his old age. You would have thought that that was Abraham now satisfied. But like P.T. said, or has said to us, he couldn't really enjoy Isaac. He's already old. Abraham was already well, um, far gone. So there's not much he can enjoy. Usually why God brings many things your way before he brings what he really wants to bring is to numb you. So that you can take what he really wants to give you. So let's look at this scripture and I'm going to be, I'm, I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. Verse 1. Sometime later, God tested So sometime after all this that's happened, again, you know the story. Abraham, he went from Abraham to Abraham. One day God visited him and said, look, walk before me. Be thou perfect. Be blameless in my sight. Yeah, did you hear that? He said, be blameless in my sight. Are you sure you heard what I just said to you? He said, be blameless in my sight. Well, we'll leave that to when we get there. And he said all of these things. Then eventually, the conversation kept carrying 
Abraham. We thought that the conversation should end with Abraham finally has the son he has been waiting for or the son that God promised him. But there was still a conversation. There was still a conversation going on. So the Bible now starts here. Now let's start. Sometime later, what? God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. So again, like the, the onset or the beginning of the conversation, God requires Abraham to leave where he is. You know, most of the times we look at it, he's going to Mount Moriah. No, God still had to tell him, leave where you are to go to where I'm showing you. God wants you to leave where it's native to you. That's the only way you progress with God. You know, most times we express, again, sometimes we're uncomfortable. But you see, I've always said it and we know it's true to life. Now, even the Bible don't need to preach this, that comfort is the enemy of prosperity. We already know that. There's lives that show us this. So God starts another dimension of conversation with Abraham, testing him if he can live in this dimension, if he can live in this realm. He says, leave where you are. What's native to you, leave what you're comfortable with and come on a journey with me. I want to show you something. He says, go and take your son. So God took him through a process only to filter out to the thing that means most, that meant most to Abraham. If Ishmael had not been removed, if Lot had not been removed, the conversation would not be only. What I'm trying to illustrate with this is that God will give you things that does not satisfy him. But you see, the process of giving those things as atonement, as an offering, as a symbol of honor to him, is only leading you to the thing he's actually asking you for. It says, take your son, your only son, go on. Whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Another point I needed to take note of was that what God actually said to Abraham here, was take everything. You know, in the house of Abraham, do you know who was the most, um, who was the most powerful person? Financially, everything. It wasn't Abraham, it was Isaac. The heir of all things. We can only expect and wait for the death of Abraham because he's at old age and it's expected who will carry this on. Remember what Abraham's main issue was. He knew that he was about to depart. Hence why his complaint was, who will be my heir? So the issue was, who would be deemed most powerful? God says, take what's most powerful to you and sacrifice that to me so that I can bring you into a realm more powerful than you can ever access. He says, take. So again, I want you to keep note of this. God, through Abraham, had made Isaac to become so powerful. Isaac, by this time, had understood the laws of offerings and sacrifices. He knew. You will see it later in scripture. 
He knew all of these things. When Isaac walks in his house, everyone knows that this is the future of this house. Everyone knows that this is the one that is going to inherit it all. If I'm not on his um, book of favor or if I'm not favored by him, it won't be good for me because Abraham will eventually go. Are you sure you're with me tonight? He says that he is on his way. So now God says, look, I know this is the most powerful thing. What I'm trying to say to you is that God is only building you to build or make clear what's most powerful to you, only to ask for it. So he says, take your son, Isaac, go on. Whom you love Mm. and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Uh Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. You know, you would only ask yourself then, if the servants were not to go to the mountain, why did they come in the first place? I'm reading this thinking, from the house, Abraham and Isaac could have just walked by themselves. You know, to get you to certain realms, because that's what I'm speaking about, to get you to certain realms, you need weight. You need weight to take you to certain realms. But when, where you see is on the horizon, when it's imminent, servants cannot go with you. You know what I want to also show you in scripture? The odds of servants against sons are more. Two to one. There will be more servants found in a house than a son. So what I'm actually speaking to you tonight or what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, he's actually trying to single you out if you're willing to take up that journey because servants will not be able to come. It's at that point when we finally see, oh, COD was meant to be wealth. That all of a sudden you see people who out of nowhere says, they just disappear. Listen, it's not them. It's not leadership. It's that servants cannot get to where God has taken this house to. And that might offend you, but this is the word. God cannot take certain people. He will not have it. These servants were faithful to Abraham, but faithfulness to Abraham, being here every time, being a part of a department because these were servants. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? They were given duties, but that is not enough to take them. So I want to speak both ways because sometimes we don't understand why there's departures. No, it's because you have taken some weight and God is trying to push you into a realm. You see the beautiful thing about realm? We thought, like I said to you, if you want to acquire a level of finance, you think it's work harder. If I'm right now, my work is bringing me to 30k a month or so to get to 100k is not working harder the world will tell you that or they die along the way they lose themselves either physically or spiritually the way to next realm the only way to the next level of finances is accessing that realm you see in that realm things happen when you hit a realm, when you enter a realm, you, you know in realms you find wealth. You find authority. You find power. 
When you access a realm, you won't look for nations. Nations will look for you. And the way to access a certain realm is first journeying with the Father. I spoke to you about this last year. Journeying with a Father, but then also it's sacrifice. So as Solomon at some point, in order to be able to function properly as king, it's not enough for him to be the son of David. He must also buy himself into a realm. Because if he did not access the realm, he would have been a king trying to find favor by going out to places like Egypt to find a favor with kings. But if he access a realm, nations will come and meet him where he is. How does he gain access to that realm? Sacrifice. There's no sacrifice that doesn't hurt you. There's no, and the sacrifice cannot be sacrifices of things that are not you. The things that are not you, the things that you give away that are not you, are only leading you to the place of giving what hurts you. You don't understand what that means. So, look, if I hit Glody, yeah, it's not going to physically hurt a Remy. You know what? You know what you've been asking God to consume all this time? Things that are not you yet. And God is saying to us that I'm heading you towards the things that will hurt you because the only way that one can cross from death to life is dying. The ultimate pain of a man that lives. But keep reading. So he says that when the place, when he saw, earlier the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, yeah? He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Mm -hmm. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. He set out for the place God told him about. Look at what he did. Go on. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Yeah. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back. So why carry them along? What, what did they do? What did they do? You need weight to get to a certain realm. All you're giving up to now, Wealth Nation, has been the weight you've needed to move. But you see, when you get to a certain place, whatever's not family, whatever's not father and son will stay. It can manifest in any way. God, you know, I kept repeating, do you understand blameless in his sight? There are things that men can blame you for that God does not even see. Because it's him orchestrating everything. We believe, we know in all things, God works. So I sat down and thought, whenever things are uprooted, it's only because a new thing wants to grow. So I'm now looking at younger people and I'm thinking, take that position word for the wise carry on reading go on abraham took the wood for the burnt offering yeah. and placed it on his son isaac yeah and he himself carried the fire and the knife look do you see what abraham did abraham made his son more wealthy he put the resources on his son so i was saying to people the other day you know i can have a ten thousand per month Rolls Royce. I can dress however I want to dress, but I understand they're not for me. I understand that if God wants to remove me, he's going to know that there's a desire outside of him. And he will seduce. He will entice you. 
to go after what will satisfy you. So I understand at this level, there's many people saying, oh, look, I'm willing to do this. But God is the one that knows everyone's heart. And in his own time, he will dangle in front of you what entices you. He gave, he put the wood, the resources on Isaac. So when I say to you that I and the leaders you see, and every one of you actually, I am only Pastor Obi because of Pastor Toby. I understand that you see the sacrifice that will be required at a certain level and realm must not be a lean sheep. It must be fat and plump. You know, Pastor Ben likes the word plump. Of course, good evening to everyone in Nigeria. I can see you coming in. It must not be a sheep that does not satisfy. So what God does, what a good person, what a person that is going to um, um, sacrifice does, they will feed that child well. They will feed that sheep well. Because it must mean everything when you slaughter it. So Abraham along the way, what made Isaac more powerful was Abraham. Abraham just kept endorsing him. Abraham just kept putting wealth on him. Abraham kept um, covering him. You know, it was directed by God for Jacob to put the clothes of many color, color on, or the coat of many color upon Joseph. He had to add weight to him. And if, if, if a Joseph accepts that, then he, he forfeits what God is calling him for. So every way, I know that whoever I'm becoming is only being prepared for slaughter. But is that for our bad? No, it's for your good. Because we only know that there are certain places. This is what I'm trying to simply say when I say I'm speaking to you about partnership. Partnership is not a function of zeal. You cannot do it. The more you try, you will find someone else in the line of business doing more. Partnership is a function of a realm you gained access to. You must be taken there. You must be taken there and there will be a huge request upon your life. God laid it on my heart. The first three months are in is intense giving. There's no buying of anything. Intense. It's like in a small, in a vacuum of time, you put everything. You cr look, cry every day if you want to. You put everything because there's something we're buying into. They are moving to a realm. Doesn't mean they're in the realm yet. But you see, leadership must keep adding weight on you. So the Bible says that he put the wood on him. Go on. And he, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. That's for Isaac. But what else? And he himself carried the fire. And but the, the means of sacrifice will be kept to the father. You see the word that comes out of Pastor Toby's mouth? Every time it cuts you. It consumes you. Because that's what God needs to take you into a realm. So what will separate, and why I'm saying these things to you tonight, is because what will separate men, I've realized, as much as you want to carry on, carry everyone with, um, carry everyone along, you can't force people where they're not willing to go. Amongst the mighty men, they're still free. Amongst the 12, they're still free. So you go as far as you're willing to go. 
Yes, the agreement we have in this house, I want you to hear me, is that all of us are going to buy with everything. We're not going to look at our neighbor to buy for us. We're going to buy and someone will say, but I don't have enough. No, if you keep, because the only thing that makes you increase is the word. It's the word that God prospers, the conversation. It's the conversation that moves you from realm to realm. So if you keep with that, if that can be what you fix your eyes on, then you'll prosper. So sometimes I'm looking at the boys around me who are entering levels of finances and I'm just thinking, can I keep killing this guy? Or would he finally wake up and say, you know what? I've given 800 million, God forbid 800 pounds. I've given 800 million and I've kept 200 for myself. It's death. You don't understand. God calls it a burnt offering. It's the consummation of it all. And in that, you have an abundance. Can we give it all? This is what God is asking us this year. But carry on reading. Let's get through it. Go on. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my yeah. son. Yeah. And the two of them went on together. And they kept going. Look, this statement was included to tell us that Isaac knew how sacrifices should be. Isaac was not a fool. At this point, Isaac made up in his mind that if he's the sacrifice, he's willing. That's why the Bible says, and the two went on together, almost to emphasize the point of agreement. We already know they were walking together. There was no one else there. Why emphasize it again? He asked the question and there he realized that, Father, you brought me all the way here, not, to, not for me to give you what comes out of my pockets, but to give you me. I said this to you when I spoke about family and service of a generation. What is God looking for? A son, children who will lend themselves to the desires of their fathers. That's what God is looking for. So now they're walking together and look at what the Bible goes on to say. Go on. When they reached the place God had told them. When they reached the place. When they reached that realm. God had told them about. So when PT said that you are moving to a realm, what he just made clear to us is that there's a realm we're actually going to. He told us about that realm. And now we kept pushing. We had agreements that, you see, partnership is the giving of all. I promise you as your leader, I will give you everything that is me. But everyone must also know that it's a both ways thing. I can hold hands with her Ivy because I know that she's also giving it her all. And yes, your all per time may be different levels, but it's still your all. What God recognizes is not the amount, it's your only. He recognizes if it's your only, if this is all you're looking for. You're not trying to be a big madam. You're not trying to be a big man. You understand that there is a call, there is a purpose of God. And if I can keep to this, if I can enter that realm, their partnership is established. If not, look, the closer we get to there and the more we start to see. So right now we're saying, is it wealth nation? It's like we can see it, our spirit sees it. 
can see it, we can hear it, we can almost touch it. But as we get closer, you start to see servants dropping out. Or servants saying that I'll park my bus here and I'll wait for you. You know, the only problem is that when you come back, the men coming back are not coming. Uh, the men coming back are not the same that went. The men coming back are people that's entered the realm and are blessed, empowered to prosper, empowered to partner. Now they 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 have received a power. And unfortunately, you see the servant, you will never hear anything about them again. That's the end of their story. Their name will not be accounted in the book of life. They will not be accounted with God because what God asked for you, Aretha, is not part of you. I don't want your skill. I want you. So God, gets, they get to a place and there, the arrangement, everything the, the, the beginning, what was said at the beginning, the whole reason for this journey, all of a sudden starts, you start to see the unveiling of it. Now Abraham begins to arrange the sacrifice. Go on. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He arranged it, yeah. Go on. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the and took the knife to slay his son. Now look at this. Abraham will never have a chance in a battle against Isaac. Abraham is old, fragile. His strength is going. So we know if it came to if it was a resistance, there will not be an there will not be a record of Isaac being bound. Because Isaac would have prevailed over his father. So if Isaac was bound, it means that he submitted. It means that, you know, what PT was speaking to us last week about partners is that what God is looking for is for someone to lay down again. Because it's from that position that God breathes. He blessed them. He empowers them to prosper. You can now measure their quantifiable part. Before now, Isaac was just known as the son. But you see, when he leaves here, he's actually the heir of all things. He is the seed for all nations. He is the means, the empowerment for all nations because he was willing to lay down. And look, there was no way that Isaac in his heart was not thinking, but is this fair? He's watching a man that was allowed, was given the opportunity to exhaust his life. He lived a long life. And this man had barely, he had not married yet. He had not acquired anything that is, that is um, 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 permanent. He had not made any permanent decisions. But now God was asking for his life. And we thank God that Isaac was able to hear God. You know, PT has said this to us before. Isaac got to a place where he said to himself, and like I was saying to you since the family that time, whatever the message is, Isaac basically, we can see by his behavior that he said, it is more, it is better for me, yeah, to fulfill the will of my father than to be born and not fulfill it. It's better. You know, 
this is what I'm trying to say. People are agitated. You know, the excitement. A woman that is pregnant cannot wait till the child comes out. But there's a time for that child to remain in the womb. And you see here, it's like Isaac saying that, look, I am waiting now. He could have recognized his weight, meaning that he's powerful. All things are his. He has finances. He has servants. But you see, it's here that he said that, look, what's better than all of this is submission to, the, to my father. I would rather be born to die for him than to be born and not fulfill what he's asked for. So you see, what, prob- what happens here is that many people come to God for many reasons. There's a type of king that comes because he is looking for something. And then there's a type of king who is called out of his contentment. Saul was the one looking for a donkey. David was the one that was called out of his contentment. He was content leading the sheep. Meaning that what he was doing was only he was satisfied with whatever his father gave him as service. Now, Isaac gets to the place. He's willing. He's willing. He's not going to give. Because what I feel that God may do is he will have to test you. You know, as much as we don't like saying these things, there's no entry into a realm without being tested. Before it can be said that there is a man or there's a man in this realm, speaking of Daniel, before it can be said that there was a test that led him there. There's a test that made him known in that realm. Now, what God asks us for is, can you sacrifice yourself there? But let's carry on because I'm almost done. I need to get us back to certain scriptures. Go on. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Mm. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Yeah. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on, that, on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Yeah, let's go back to Ephesians 1 now. And let me attempt to close this now. So I had to take you through the Abrahamic story so that you understand the journey. If it looks like you're getting bigger, you should know before anyone deceives you that you're only being prepared to be sacrificed. And if you can do that, if you can willingly, voluntarily give yourself over to a cause, die for a cause, then everything is made known to you. But let's read the Ephesians 1 again and let me tackle this and then we close. Go on. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So do you see the scripture? The issue is, whatever is going to empower you. Remember that I said that there was a form of wealth and greatness that the people of Ephesus already had. 
but it was not what God had planned for them. Now, God, Paul comes here and he recognizes this as a father. He can see that what will give them weight, what will prosper these people has been kept in heavenly realms. You know, if we don't tackle this, we will always read past this scripture quickly and just believe it's in somewhere that's unseen. No, people have access to heaven. So what did we say the definition of heaven was again, or heavenly? Having a resemblance of heaven. You know, we know that Christ, or we know from scripture, that God lives in heaven. You know, as much as we say he lives in heaven, he lives in eternity. But look at this now. He says that where I have stored your wealth regime is in a likeness of where I dwell. So life started off, we saw through the Abrahamic story that wherever, remember what was going to bless them was a sacrifice. What was going to activate the blessing over Chrissy's life is a sacrifice. And everything she's doing right now is leading her to that sacrifice. But remember, it was after obedience that you would know what that sacrifice is. So the obedience is the willingness to die, only to realize that there was a ram provided for you. Now, what am I trying to say? Abraham, or in the time of Abraham, where they were going to acquire their wealth, where they were going to be empowered to prosper, was a place. But you see, places, you know, I quoted the story of the Samaritan woman. And in that story, she actually said, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be a nice pastor. In, in that story, she actually said that our ancestors worshipped on this mountain and Christ had to tell her that look things have changed because those were only signs of something that is coming if you want to know Pastor Obi's message my one message was always going to be leadership where was God heading us to grace your blessings are hidden in heavenly places in heavenly realms in times of old, these were geographical locations. In this time, they are men. You know, God one day was constantly saying, who will build my house? And before that house has to be built with bricks and stones and all of these things. But where he was heading to was that his house, his dwelling was going to be a dummy. So the Bible actually says, Ephesians 2 actually, before we get here, Ephesians 2. Just read from verse 1. I'm looking for a scripture. I don't know where it is, but keep reading it. As for you, mm. you were dead in your transgressions and sins yeah. in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in mm. those who are, who are disobedient. Yeah. All of us also lived, lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Yeah. It is by grace you have been saved. Uh -huh. And God raised us up with Christ. And God raised us up with Christ. Yeah. 
and seated us with him and seated us with him you know when christ died did you know is that he was appointed to sit with god partnership is never achieved until you have died to something god looked at christ and said now you can be my partner sit with me because you died for my cause and now the Bible says, Paul now says, look, we have been made alive and God raised us up with Christ and seated us where? Go on. With him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now this will be confusing. So where's the heavenly realms? Are there, is it up in the sky? No, when Christ ascended, when he reached another realm, he had to give something that allows you to ex still access him. What did he give in turn of his ascension? The fivefold. The heavenly realms are the fivefold ministry. Are the leaders endowed with the core and blessing? So what am I actually trying to say here? What we journey into is more into our leader. I'm trying to find the easiest way to say this. So, everything about God let me explain this so maybe you understand this did you notice that my first vision and I have to say this my first vision of PT was me walking do you remember you know what I realized is that revelation God for years has been trying to show us that you can read Ephesians 10 times and you'll believe that you've exhausted the revelation in it but the more you walk the more you'll find there so the revelation I received of Pastor Toby back in 2017 was in seed form. It wasn't the totality of it. If I allow it to grow, I will see more. The more you see in him, the more you prosper. Are you sure you're with me? The more you see in him. So we started seeing more and the response of it the response of what we were seeing made us give more made us die more because we're seeing more we came when he was just dressed in a certain way when he was talking a certain way but that vision evolved where God stored our blessing our means to be empowered was in our leader our father so the more I journey with him in him so the Bible says we are raised with Christ in him with Christ you always ask yourself, that's confusing. No, you're, you're walking with him, brings you into him. Eventually, he starts to say things. Look, you've been walking with me for a while. Now, I will abide in you and you in me. It's a with to be in. Do you understand that? It's going with so that you can enter in. So God looks at us and he says, look, I have blessed you, but I have kept it with guardians. I have blessed you, but I've kept it with someone that I can trust. And when you enter the maturity of him, then it can be released over you. But the only access there is death. Can you remain in that position of death? So Romans 12, actually, let's go there. Romans 12. So he says that, look, Romans 2 said to us that we are seated with him. We enter partnership when we can be placed in him. 
Romans 12 says what? Let's quickly say this. Go on. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, yeah. to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. So what's the reason, Choir, I want you to get ready. What's the reason for us to keep speaking? Why do we speak? God is at war. He's waging war with all the conversations. Look, let me tie this up because you won't, I can tell that you still don't understand this heavenly places. It must resemble what pleases him. One day God says, he's never said it for man. He says, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased with. This was where everything, like Abraham did, he stored his whole wealth in Isaac. It will be through his son that the nations will be blessed. Look, so the father blesses his son, puts everything into his son. Then everyone that believes in him now also gets the blessing from the son. Do you understand that? So now what God is looking for, look at what God said to me. And I hope it'll be, I don't know how to say it easier, but this is what God said to me. The more you give, Pastor Obi, you enter resemblance of Christ. So God from heaven looks and he says, does this look like my son? If he does, he pours out his spirit there. So when he said that I've stored your blessings in heavenly places, places that resemble my dwelling, because the whole fullness of God, he was happy to put the whole fullness of the Godhead in Christ. Everything valuable was put in Christ. That is a pleasing dwelling to God. God says, if you can resemble that. So look at this. You know, have you ever heard that yoga, there's something about yoga that is demonic? Did you study anything about yoga to actively in, um, evoke demonic spirits? Do you understand what I'm trying to ask you from there? You take up a form and you attract a power. He just needs you to resemble. He needs you to enter the resemblance. So every time I'm sacrificing, so beginning of the year, there are many targets. There are many expenses. Uh, I'm telling people in a week, I can have expenses up to 20K. Do you understand? In a week. And at that time, there's still the ask to die. God says, look, all I'm looking for is a man that's willing to lie down again. So if you can imitate, my instruction for the year was imitation. If you can imitate that, God from heaven says, this is my son. And he pours out his spirit on you. So what is God waiting for, wealth nation? For you to enter a, a resemblance of what pleases him. Death, the laying down of your life, enter that mode and God empowers you. This is the only way you have access into a realm that enables you to partner. There's no sitting with until you die for his cause. So once more, Ephesians 1, and then I'm going to ask the choir to lead us. I want to pray with you tonight, but we're going to worship for a bit. Go on Ephesians 1 again. Praise be to the God and Father of mm -hmm. our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in so, Christ. So when I look at Apostle Toby, I understand who he is. Many times we say that this man just, he's like Christ. In him, all my blessings are. But what does he take me into? 
he takes me into that same imitation. So Paul one day looked at his son and said, look, imitate me. Be ye imitators of me. What God is asking us this year, I understand and let me make it clear. Money, wealth, all of that will come, but it's not for your own gratitude. It's not to fulfill your own um, desires. It's to fulfill God's desire. And every time you meet the need of the divine, surplus is given to you. There's an overflow. So how do we enter partnership? Not by zeal, but sacrifice that brings us into a realm. And I need to repeat this to you. There's a realm you get to that you won't go out looking for. It comes to meet you. There's a realm you get to that nations will begin to hear your voice. The things you do, men will be attracted because what makes a man wealthy, what makes a man, what gives a man riches without sorrow is God, the blessing of God. So tonight, we're going to enter a moment of worship followed by a time of prayer. I'll just pray with you for a moment. Why is that? Every obedience is leading us to that realm. And what you cannot afford this year in immature years, in prior years, you gave yourself at times to other things. You got distracted. There was a conversation leading you to a realm and then all of a sudden your, your, your desire for women, your desire in greed, your envy, you became jealous. It cut you. There were people you tried to take with you to a realm that God says they can't enter because they are a servant. Servants are, they have an arrangement with their master. I work to be paid. Sons are like, yeah, I hate all of that, but I'll still give you me. What this is, and I said to you before, this is the house of the son. I've said this to you. You can take whatever you want to take. I know that God is speaking these words to us. He's bringing us to a realm. And in that realm, we will enter partnership. But it's going to take death. Choir, I want you to go. Lead us in a time of...